Hi, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and welcome to McCollum Wellness Radio. Now more than ever, our country needs to learn how to take care of our own health, and it's my mission to empower you on that journey. Please join me each week as I cover these topics and interview experts throughout the field to bring you the answers you need to reach your maximum health potential. Thank you and enjoy the show. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Dr. Duncan McCollum coming to you from Santa Cruz. And uh, what an amazing day this is. And I have a great guest on today, Laura Wild. Uh, we've become friends over the last couple months. And I'm so happy she's here. Um, you know, there's a theme going on right now about post-pandemic um, expansion and what people should do and can do. And, you know, as uh, you guys that listen to my show, you know, I work with your nervous system and you know, I help detoxify you. But the third part of the health pyramid or triangle is m- mental and emotional. And uh, Laura Wild is a, that's her gig. You know, she's a holistic mental performance specialist um, with elite performers in sports and corporate world. She's worked with uh, a lot of players in the NBA, NFL, um, MLB, she's just amazing. And when you get to hear what she has to offer for us today, it's going to hopefully help you um, decide to make a change. And that song that I just played by Steve Thunderbird, sung by the Grammy Award winner Tony Lindsay, is, you know, it's time to make a change, basically. And uh, those of us that stay the same are going to have a lot of trouble. Those of us that see the new paradigm and decide that there's something that can be done about it are going to actually do really well. So I'm going to turn this over to Laura in a minute, but she's also the author of several books, The Cosmic Athlete, Quantum Sports Medicine, uh, Making the Team, 64 Ways to Succeed in School, Sports, and Life. Wow, that sounds good. And The Map of Your Future. So Laura, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Hi, Duncan. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. You're welcome. And, um, you know, I just, I think it's so important for us to, why don't you just tell us a little bit of what you do? Because, you know, when we take a look at some of the pro athletes that you work with, I mean, these guys are elite, physically talented people. But, you know, when you hear somebody like Kobe Bryant say, you know, I play chess where everybody everybody else is playing checkers or, um you know, I take any, every negative, and I'm paraphrasing, and I turn that into a way to leap in my life. I want my listeners out there to be able to leap into life themselves from the scarcity and the, you know, we've been, for a year, we've been locked down, and California's still not quite opened, but uh, people are trying to get out everywhere. So what do you, what has been your experience with, even at the corporate level, the um, pro athlete level, and how do we use that just as individuals trying to make the best out of our life? Well, you know, what's interesting, Duncan, is that the thing that the athletes like best is when I talk about their emotional body, especially when I don't talk about it in front of their friends, right? (laughs) So, you know, at that level, they don't like to admit that they have emotions. But I look at the five main emotions in Chinese medicine as the main things that can block us from our highest good. So the five main ones are fear, sadness, worry, anger, grief. And here's my favorite acronym. So it's F-SWAG, because we can all remember the swag, and you put the F in front, and it's fear, sadness, worry, anger, and grief. 
So until we really find a way to notice that we have those things going on, it can be really hard to live our best lives. That's just been my experience personally, too. I don't know about you, but in the moments you know, in my life, years ago when I was struggling financially, I met a, a person who helped me understand that I was literally living in fear every day of my life. So I had to rewire my nervous system so it wasn't my default. You know, mind-body medicine, as you know, is helpful for that. Wow, just think about that. Now, I, you know and I know that we've been, so many people have been looking for an invisible tiger that we didn't know if we, it was there. We couldn't see it, taste it, smell it, touch it, hear it. But so many people have been living in fear, and you know that causes your adrenal glands to burn out, gets your fight-or-flight mechanism going, it weakens your immune response, it messes with your digestive system, so you're more susceptible to disease there, and it messes with your brain because you're on, always on high alert. So um, I imagine when these players go out on the, on the court, they're it's not just a walk in the park for them. They have to get to their game every day. So what do you take them through and help them with their emotional body to do that? Yeah, well, I noticed that when I suffered from anxiety and all kinds of illness and probably would have had a chronic disease had I not started breathwork and meditation right at that tipping point where I was just feeling so awful every day. And I let the athletes know about the power that I've seen in my life. So you know, once, once they're alone and I explain to them that they're going to be a better athlete because of these things, they're really open. They're surprisingly open. So I have them practice breath work and really the idea of, you know, letting the whole body have an awareness of the breath moving within us. Because I think we forget, like, you don't just breathe, like, in through our nose and out through our mouth. We actually have whole body breathing going on. So I turn their awareness to that. And one of my favorite things to do with athletes when it comes to breathing is to remind them that they're not taking a breath, they're going to receive a breath. So I help them get into the zone through, right, because it's already been given. You don't have to go take it. It's, it's there in front of us. Just receive it, allow it to move through. So that breath work and also visualization, using imagination, that really helps an athlete get ready to crush it on the court. That's amazing. Yeah, and you talk about breath work. Just look at what's happened to the nation and the world breathing through masks. And, uh, you know, early on, a lot of the uh, natural health care providers were talking about the fact that hypoxia, that we're breathing in our own carbon dioxide and also the bacteria in our mouth, of which we have 50,000 different bacteria and they're not very healthy for us, are getting stuck in a moist mask and we're breathing them back in. So maybe for a short period of time, it's not a bad thing if there's a real danger out there. But when you're doing it for a year, coupled with fear on top of that, I imagine that we really need to be a lot more aware of our breath work. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because the people who are aware of their breath work are the ones saying, wow, it's hard to breathe with a mask on. And so when people say, I can breathe just fine with a mask on, I like to ask them the question, you know, why is that? <laughs> or, you know, what are you really inhaling? How long is your inhale? And I myself, you know, as you know, I moved out east and toward the south to have a little more fresh air so I can sit in my backyard. And it also, I, I know you know this, that I want to make sure our, our listeners have heard this, that when we can't get a proper breath in, we start to go into fight or flight. So now we're reenacting that stress mode. And it's just all overall not a great way for us to really thrive and have resilient wellness. Absolutely. And um, we're coming out of it. And that's the whole thing. That's, you know, I, I remember listening to you a few, a week or so ago, and you were saying, you know, you like to keep yourself 
on the peak of expansion, of knowing that there's possibilities. You've said some amazing things about, um, you know, your own perspective of where your life is going and that you're 27 years old. And I swear you don't look a day over 26. So... <laughs> It's working. It's working. Yeah, I say that phrase every day. And uh, I, I think I mentioned that I heard Deepak Chopra talk about it because he's doing a lot of research with lengthening telomeres. So every day when I wake up, I say every day in every way I'm getting physically, mentally uh, more powerful. And my biological age is 27 and my weight is 143. So that obviously doesn't come from Deepak Chopra, but he infused, you know, stuff from the old guys into the new health model. And I love it. Like health freedom is my absolute goal in all areas. That's so great, mine too. And that's one reason I do this show because there's so much incorrect information out there about health. And um, I know I think we've talked about this a little bit and I know I sent you my book, Turn Back Your Biological Clock, that you've at least cracked. And you made some great suggestions, by the way. I am gonna do a list um, of the different ways to do that. And I noticed your 64 ways to whatever that book was called, but <laughs> <laughs> making a team 64 ways to make the team. Yeah. Cause I know that people don't, don't like to read as much as I do basically, you know? Yeah, I know it's a lost art these days, but, um, yeah. I think that when we take a look at what we can do to, Oh, I know what I was going to say. So gratitude is something that we all talk about and everybody that we listen to collectively is saying, find at least three things that you're grateful for every day. And as you go through the rest of your day, your brain's going to be conditioned to be looking for more gratefulness. If you wake up and you think the other way and you're worried about everything, it's going to be a whole day of being stressed out. Yeah, I mean, to, you know, gratitude has gotten a lot, and especially, you know, on the places I listen to, Clubhouse, gratitude is like the new cool thing, which is great, because it's so important, and it's really, you know, a vibrational frequency, so the idea is that, oh, let me start my day off at a high frequency with gratitude because then my day starts at a high frequency. And maybe that's where one of the laws in motion comes into play. Maybe an object at high frequency tends to stay at high frequency until acted upon by an outside force. And if you're a really high vibrational being, the outside force is a circumstance. And you don't care because you, if you understand, you know, the power of meditation and breath work, you're not going to be swaying with the circumstances. You're actually going to be a very steady, grounded person. And the things that happen around you, you just kind of go, oh, okay, interesting. So that's my Yeah, and I think also that. that when we just take a look at um, repeating our stuff that we want to have happen. I mean, you know, one of the, the mantras that I have, and one of my coaches told me this for years, 99.99% uh, of the stuff you worry about never happens. Literally every Tuesday evening, we would have a coaching call and I would tell him what I'm worried about. And he would tell me that phrase over and over and over. And I go, yeah, but you don't understand. Then one morning I woke up and something was on my mind and I went, you know what? 99.99% of the stuff I worry about never happens. At that moment, it was mine, but it took that long. And then I realized I'm, I'm probably making more stress in my life than anybody else. Yeah, I, uh, what's interesting is that I always think that I'm boring because I bore myself because, you know, if I'm with myself all day, I say the same things all day and the next day and the day after that. They're pretty cool things sometimes that the athletes need to hear. And what I've noticed is that if I say something to them three or four times, they might remember it. But if I repeat it and I make it like sort of a mantra and I put it in writing and I let them hear it, like I'll make a voice memo, it's more likely to sink in. So I like knowing what you just said because that means that one day they'll go, ah, 
and they'll say the phrase, you know, I am meant to be great. And it may take a while, but once we get it, then we're pretty much unstoppable, yeah? Absolutely. Hey, we're up against a break. So, uh, Josh, if you don't mind, we're going to take a short break and be right back. And you'll know when you find there's a light you can hide. Hi, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and I have this amazing patient, Gaylene, here, who walked into our office, well, barely walked into our office, and she'd had uh, a lot of attempts and tried to fix her health, and she's had some tremendous changes here. So um, I was wondering if you would like to just tell our audience about that. Well, like Dr. McCollum said, I came into the office in December hardly able to walk and bent over. And within three visits... I was standing up straight, walking. I, I couldn't believe it. That's never happened to me before. It's very been a, been a very um, rough <laughs> road, but we're getting there, and I'm very grateful. Yeah, and you had two back surgeries as well, right? Yes, I did. Yep, in uh, 1995. 1995, yeah. And so they didn't really solve your problem? No, they didn't. And you came in, we did some stem cell treatments on you and some chiropractic on you, right? Correct. Yeah. So you're happy. I'm happy. Everyone here is just awesome. They're all here to help you. They're all so sweet. And uh, I'm glad I came here. <laughs> Thank you so much, Gaylene. And um, I just really appreciate you being here as well. You're oh. such a pleasure when you come in. Thank you. So um, you should listen to Gaylene, see if we can help your health. That's right. Anyone that needs help, please come in. Thank you. Hi, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum. We're having a little bit of a... Uh interference on the radio today but that's okay it's a live show and you know i this is a very important ksco radio is one of the last free stations around and uh we're so lucky to be able to be on here and and say what we want to say and michael's whirling and Kay's whirling have done such an amazing job of keeping this free radio i know the hat's going to be turned over and i look forward to uh continuing on with an amazing station so um my guest today is uh Laura Wild, and uh, she is a coach to some of the amazing pro athletes out there in the NBA, um, NFL, and uh, we're talking about what you can do to set the stage to change your life from this point forward. We've been um, locked down for over a year with the pandemic, and some people never stopped. They just kept going. Other people got into fear, and they stopped. And now, the one thing to realize is it's going, it's going to be post-pandemic, and you have a chance. It's a whole new ball game, a whole new slate. If you go on the way you've been going before the pandemic, you know, you're going to miss it. You have a chance right now to change your life radically, and uh, that's one reason I wanted Laura on here, so she could just talk to us about, you know, what she does as a um, mindset coach with pro athletes and what she can tell us so that we can go out there and make the best of our lives from this point forward. So, Laura. Well, you know, I was just thinking when you said that about the, we have a whole new opportunity and everyone who is really adaptable when all this is going on are the people who survive financially and physically, right? So for me, I was really very adaptable. I was, you know, I know I have a strong immune system. I've worked hard for it and I was able to 
manage everything in my life. Even though it was different, I didn't feel like I had a big dip in my life. So with the athletes, it's the same way, right? So it, it, life is a game is kind of the way I look at it. And I teach the athletes and I train them to be adaptable on the court. And so basically, here's the, here's the way I look at it. If you're in a state of expansion, then if there's a really loud fan who wants to throw something at you, and if you go into contraction, like that fear that you just talked about, and you close up, then the athlete's game is going to be bad. So it's the same way with our health and with life, is that if we are in expansion and the same person wants to throw something at us, we just expand around it. We don't let everything get to us. And so for me, you know, I think I don't take myself very seriously, and I also kind of let myself be in the flow of life. So I've been actually interested to see so many friends of mine who have been so much in fear and I've encouraged them to get out in nature because I don't know what you think about that, but have you found that when you're out, like even if I'm outside, there's an instant change. And that's because we are really creatures of the earth, you know? So that's one of the things that I've been using. What have, what have you been using in, in your life? Well, definitely. I live a block from the beach, so I love to go to the beach. Not everybody has that (laughs) option, but, you know, um, the more you can get out and expand your viewpoint and, you know, a lot of times people get stuck in houses and it's like we we know the, the story about the jar of fleas and they took a bunch of fleas and put a lid on it and the fleas would jump just as high as the lid on the jar and then they took the lid off after a while and the fleas would jump no higher than the, the, where the lid would be. And they never got out of there. And the funny thing is their offspring were, were the same. They still wouldn't jump. So, you know, we're a lot smarter than fleas. But, you know, I think we need to make a decision. And that decision is only up to each individual to make the change and to do something different. You know, your F swag, fear, sadness, worry anger and grief. Um, We talked about fear briefly there, but so many people, especially in California, so many people lost their jobs, their businesses, and not only were they in fear, but they were hit with sadness, worry about their family, grief, and probably angry at something. So, um, you know, our goal is to just let them know, and I know that you're with me on this, that anything can be done. You can create any future you want right now. The sky is not even the limit. Like our friend um, Alpha 6 said today, they walked on the moon. They thought the sky was the limit, but he walked on the moon. Now somebody's heading to Mars. Yeah, it's interesting because we, you know, we do get conditioned to play small. And that's one of the reasons I love to help people get in the zone. And I think anyone can get in the zone. But when you're in the zone, what seems impossible becomes possible. And we start to actually recognize that there, there is no lid on the jar. We just put the lid there or we let someone else put it there. It doesn't have to be there. So I, you know, I love what Alpha said about that because I, I always have people create their impossibility journal. Like, what do you think is impossible right now? So start to look at it and recognize that, Maybe it's not impossible, and it's okay if it seems impossible because as you expand, you'll look at that list in a week or two or even in a year, and you'll start to see because, it's, you know, the fleas didn't have the consciousness. So that's the difference between the average human and a flea. Even though some of us might think like fleas at times, we actually have the ability to think outside of what we think. And, you know, for me, that's where we can really change our future is not to just think about what we think about now but to shift the frequency and notice what we're thinking about because when we get above our thoughts we can actually start to notice what's real and what's not absolutely and you know we were um talking this morning about um writing a letter um 
and, and date it for a year, but write down what you want to see happen in that letter. And even uh, another thought on that is if you could wave a magic wand and have your life the way it is now, and you could imagine it, you could feel it, taste it, touch it, smell it, and maybe it's a year, two, three from now, you now have hindsight, and hindsight's crystal clear. So you can, from that viewpoint, if you can just kind of imagine, and imagination's pretty amazing, if you could imagine backwards, you'd be able to instruct yourself where to go now in order to get there. And the other thing that I think we really need to touch on is belief. We're where we are because of beliefs we've had. And right in the middle of belief is the word lie. So B-L-I-F, belief. So you're only where you are because of your uh, beliefs. Einstein, no, see, I think it was um, Franklin Roosevelt said, if we were able to achieve our full potential, we would blow our own selves away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so there are things that I wrote down years ago that I forgot about, but I had as goals. And without even trying too hard, just because I made that intention and wrote it down, later I look and go, oh, wow, all those things happened. Um, so, you know, I, I love Alice in Wonderland because she says things like, why, why sometimes I've uh, thought of at least six impossible things by breakfast. Or maybe the queen said that in Alice in Wonderland. But at any rate, I like to be thinking about impossible things. And the best way for, that I think about doing that is to talk to my future self, you know, because I got some woo-woo in me. And I tell my future self all the things it's going to do. But what if we could pretend to be our future selves, like you just said, and look back? And so I want to go a little more into detail about that letter, because in case someone didn't catch it, what you were saying, Duncan, right, is you can write a letter. I'm going to do mine for six months in the future and one year in the future. And I'll say, Dear Laura Wilde, wow, what a great year you've had. Look at all the things you've accomplished. Why, you're incredibly healthy. You need to help your family be healthy. And you finally, whatever, you know, moved into your dream home, et cetera. So that's the letter that if we write that letter to ourselves, we'll actually start to change our subconscious mind's imprint so we can really uplift ourselves. Because it only takes, I think, a minute to change our state and start to be on the path for a really powerful future. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been doing dream boards for years and I'll tell you kind of a funny story. I was telling my staff this. Well, number one, I had books on there that I wanted to have written and those came to fruition. But I'm a musician. I play piano and bass and sing and have a lot of fun doing that. But I always wanted a grand piano. And so on my dream board, I had this grand piano and every year for about four years, I moved it forward. And I thought, you know, 20 grand for a grand piano, you bet, that's right. But I kept moving it forward. And then um, one day I got a call from one of my best friends. I've known him since we were, I was six months old. And um, I'd known his father had passed away. We were really good friends. And they were selling the house. And they said, hey, Duncan, we have my dad's grand piano. Do you want it? And it came out of the San Francisco Opera House. It was a beautiful um, practice piano that probably had been played twice. And so just by manifesting that and keeping it there, it came to fruition. Now, it doesn't have to be a physical thing. It can be, you know, a mindset. It can be, I mean, I dropped out of school three times before I could learn how to read and become a chiropractor, but I was dedicated and I just wanted it bad enough and I kept to the course and that was what finally got me there. I love that you said that about how it doesn't have to be tangible because I've certainly had my share of manifesting the tangible, yet I 
I remember very distinctly, I, I don't know, maybe it was in the year 2000, I think it was actually 2001, after the September 11th thing that happened, when the world was kind of crazy, especially for Americans. And I remember like declaring that I wanted to manifest inner peace for myself so I could just start to calm down. And it happened. You know, people would show up and offer me their ticket to a meditation retreat. And I met teachers and found books. And so, yeah, we really can manifest mindset, inner peace, love, you know, relationships and Lamborghinis. I mean, you know. That's so funny. And, you know, that's what you think about, you talk about what you talk about, you bring about. I mean, that's another one of the things that my coach used to tell me. And, um, you know, I, th I talk about that all the time because I realize that anything is, is possible. Uh, this is uh, McCollum Wellness Radio. I have Laura Wild here, and she's a, um, a coach of some of the major athletes. And, you know, you were talking about mindset. And, you know, I we're obviously in Northern California, we're Warriors fans. And, um, you know, you take a look at Curry, you know, his mindset and how he shoots those baskets from, they say from New York and they get them in. What do you see in focus and mindsets just, you know, obviously in the pro athletes in their game, but also for the people that you work with. And, you know, I want you to tell us how you, and if people want to get a hold of you, go ahead and, and tell us that now too. We'll repeat it later, but how do we get focused enough to get that going and to keep the distractions out of our head? Yeah, thanks, Duncan. Well, you know, one thing that's going to Steph Curry, one thing he does is he really seems to play as a child, right? He's got a playfulness and a joy about him where they had one of the worst seasons that he's had, had in his career as a pro. And he played, you know, beautifully and joyfully through it and actually almost did the impossible and made it into the playoffs. You know, they were so close. I really wanted that for them. I was probably more heartbroken than the, than the, the Warriors fans were because <laughs> I just love Steph's consciousness. So uh, I would say if you want to contact me, it's lauramwild.com, wild, W-I-L-D-E, or I'm on Instagram, you know, Laura Mitchell Wild. And if, if we want to get into that state of joy, I really do think it begins with asking a big question and something like, you know, you know, show me the way to allow joy to emerge through me. Or you'll ask that bigger question, that metaphysical question, who or what must I become in order to play basketball with joy or who or what must I become in order to experience resilient wellness? Wait, I got to tell you a quick story, Duncan. I, 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 I always think of how healthy I am. And I found an old journal of myself back around that 2001. And I wrote down all the things that I was going to feel great about. And I remembered it was a weird memory. It's like, Oh, I said, I can't wait until my digestion feels great. I can't wait until my back feels great. So I actually saw that I had written down the opposite of all these ailments and I had completely forgotten them because I actually believe we um, elevate beyond or, you know, our vibration gets higher if we have an illness or disease when we do the work so that we're not that same person. So I've had clients come in and they won't even know that I'll say, how's your, you know, how's your back? I used to say this. Now I don't say that. How's your back? My back's fine. Why are you asking? Oh, because two months ago, your back was a, a seven on a scale of one to 10. That I don't ask. I don't want to remind them because half the time our pain comes from our experiences, our memories, and our environmental stressors. So that's just my little story about health and wellness and how I've experienced a big change just by setting intentions. It sounds silly, you know, but it, it works. It's effective. And I know that you totally resonate with that. Absolutely. And, 
you know, I was thinking one thing that we know that when you decide to do something, you can make plans and, uh, you know, you might decide that you need to make a change. In fact, the song that we listened to uh, earlier talks about that. But so many times they won't, people won't take the jump. And I, I'm hoping that a lot of the listeners out there, are, this is resonating to enough where you're going, I need to do something different. So you need to write down like one to two things that you'd like to see change and then realize that the only real thing that makes people change is emotion. That's what makes you demand for improvement. So that bridges the gap of needing to change and then demanding improvement. And that's so important that you decide that. And I think that if we give people a couple action steps, so this isn't just a great show to listen to, but they can, if you don't take an action step, then it's just going to be a show that was entertaining. Absolutely. And I mean, the action is one of the most important things because if you have all these great thoughts, you know, for me, it's like, unless we're like the, the highest level uh, yogi, then our thoughts alone aren't going to create everything because we can take a, like you said, a small step in the direction. So, you know, actually what I did was I made a free ebook, which I love to share it. So here are the three gems of like kind of changing your life or the three gems of mental performance. So the first thing is ask, ask that big question. Like everyone can do that right now. You can ask that big question. If you don't want to come up with a huge question and let's say you're struggling with your health or prosperity, you can ask a simple question. What is the nature of prosperity? Like that's easy. Or what is the nature of complete wellness and on all levels? And if you ask a question outside of your own, our own little minds, we ask that question, something sets itself in motion and don't, 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 you know, don't doubt it. Try it. So asking a question, who or what must I become in order to experience inner peace? Or what is the nature of peace? And then that's the first thing. That's your question. The second thing you do is you start to visualize and use an outrageous imagination. Don't just visualize yourself walking on the beach. Visualize yourself flying on the beach or jumping off a mountain, flying and soaring around and landing and being so strong that, you know, you pick up the water, whatever it is, like be outrageous with your health and wellness and your visualization and your imagination. So the second thing is to have superhuman mental reps. So superhuman mental reps about how healthy you are, how wealthy you are, how happy and joyful or how great your relationship is. And then the third thing is to solidify that into your body, into your mind. And I would say just use like simple thymus tapping. You can tap over the thymus, which is right between the sternum and the, the their throat, your Adam's apple, like halfway between your sternum, your sternum and your Adam's apple is your thymus. And you can kind of feel it. If you start thumping there, you're like, oh, that's an interesting sound. It kind of feels good. It sounds good. So I teach kids who are being bullied to tap there. I say, go in the bathroom, close the door, and tap right over your thymus and say, I am okay. And breathe three times and say it each time you breathe. And it really can change everything. So the three things. One, ask a big question. Two, superhuman, outrageous mental reps of awesomeness. And the third thing is, to use your breath to still, to still yourself. So I have that, you know, I can send people to get that free ebook because sometimes it's hard, but if you're driving, you know, it might be hard to grasp it. But if you're, if you want to get it written down, I'm happy to share that with anyone who's listening. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I think writing it down is so important and, you know, get the vision of what it is. But if you don't write it down, you know, that's just going to be in your head. And, um, I think uh, Barbara was saying this morning that 40, you have a 42% greater chance of achieving something if you write it down. So there's so many success principles out there. And the reason 
I'm bringing this up this week, and I'm so glad that Laura was able to come on, and it's actually a perfect week for you to come on because of, you know, we are moving out of this um, scary pandemic, and now is the time to make a change. And we have every opportunity to do that. You have to trust yourself. Uh, realize that, you know, fear is uh, something that is created inside of you. And just look around, take a walk. Like Laura was saying, get outside, go to the beach and take some deep breaths and look at the horizon. That's going to help you realize that you're okay and that there are actually things that you can do. And one thing that we're talking about, like, you know, if you take a look at a vision story, like if we're talking about making something that you want to achieve, I call that a vision story or a lot of people do, then you have a set of core values, things that are going to be like your map, your compass. And you have to decide, like if I'm talking about health, then it's for my, myself, my staff, my family, my patients, I have to live within those core values because if I, of, of keeping myself healthy. Because if I don't, then how am I going to help my patients get healthy? And then serve, you know, if you want, if you want to do better in life, help somebody else. Uh, another little thing I say is the hole you get through is never bigger than the hole you give through. So you have to give a lot in order to get what you want. And the more you give without any expectation of getting anything back, the more that you will receive. And you will, it will just come to you because that's the way the universe works. Yeah, I love what you said about that. And I was going to actually go back for a quick second. You know how you said if you write down our goals, we're 42% more likely to get them? I want people to remember that when we say write your goals, we don't mean type them into your phone because the art of inscribing something on the paper is actually a great way to solidify it in your brain. So get out that old-fashioned pencil or pen and paper and write out the goals, handwritten in long form, because that really is going to help it be more, 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 uh, more powerful. And... You know, you talked about walking on the beach. It's so important for us to ground because the earth has that, like, earth energy is so powerful. So there's a book by um, Olbermann, I think it is, and he wrote the book called Earthing. And so vitamin G, the ground, that's a real vitamin. So let's get some vitamin G because that's going to set our body back into rest and relax. Yeah, that's so important, you know, and this is one thing when I think of a lot of the elder people that live in homes and they wear rubber shoes and they walk around on the floor with their shoes on all the time, there is no way to ground that, that negative charge out of their body and um, the positive charge out of their body. And the bodies get sick because it doesn't have the right circulation and grounding is so important. And um, I want to touch for a second. I, I just think it's really important for me to mention this. I, I try to every week that there are so many people being treated for anxiety and depression right now. Um, the kids, uh, it's a tremendous amount, and even adults. And um, because I work so much in, in, a toxic, in the toxicity realm, heavy metals, um, molds, and hidden infections, but we get um, our, the bulk of our heavy metals through our mom's umbilical blood. The, our number one source of uh, lead toxicity is our mom. It comes down four generations, and mercury as well does come down, but we get it from a lot of our environment, from the vaccine that we've had, gotten in the past from our own mercury teeth, the number one mental symptom of mercury toxicity is anxiety. 
the number one for lead is depression. How many kids are being treated with psychotropic drugs before they're being tested to see if there's a toxic buildup affecting their brain? And this is why we take 50% of all the drugs made in the world, and we're only 4% of the world population, and we're still rated 47th in the world for health. Well, and isn't it so easy to get tested for that toxicity level that we have? Yeah, isn't it interesting that it's not like the number one thing? Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. You can't test the kids as well. You have to test the mom because the best way, test to do is a urine test, and it's called a provoked test. Oh, I know we were talking about this in a way. But, yeah, we want to take an agent that will pull the heavy metals out of hiding because they really love your brain and your tissues and organs, especially your liver and kidney. And um, so if you just test your blood normally, your body has this defense mechanism where it will hide the toxins in the tissue and only allow so much in the blood. So you're not getting a real accurate amount. So when you do something what's called a chelating agent and then you take uh, collect your urine for six hours, now you get um, the stuff pulled out of hiding and you can get a much more accurate test. There is no perfect test, but that's the best way. And then if the mother, we find the mother does have high mercury or um, lead or other different type like aluminum and what all the other ones then we know how to treat the kid so that we can try to help them so that they actually don't have to have these mental um, mental handcuffs these psychotropic drugs are like mental handcuffs and we're talking about freedom right now we're talking about coming out of this pandemic and going out and creating a huge life and when you're on those kind of medications it's like putting on a you know a mental handcuff and it's just not the ideal, when we are alive people, we can go out and create anything. Yeah. yeah, because those drugs inhibit someone's creativity. So now suddenly they become very methodical, and now they're not a creative person. And if we're meant to be anything, I believe we're meant to be creative. Absolutely, you know. Um, and, you know, I think we have to touch, we've talked about this, but we haven't really talked about it specifically, and that's changing our behaviors. And um, your behavior is based on your core values. So if I feel like I really want to be healthy, I better be exercising. I better not be drinking a ton of alcohol, doing drugs, taking pharmaceutical drugs for myself, because that would be against my moral code if I can keep my body healthy another way. But everybody has to see where they're at. And of course, I'm not giving medical advice here. So you know, if you are on some medications, you need to work with your doctor on trying to see what you can do to get off of them. One of uh, the the guys that I, I really appreciate, and I've interviewed him, Dr. Um, uh, Jason Fung, he said, if you could create a drug that didn't kill anybody and it didn't cure anybody, how long would they have to be on that drug? And the answer is forever. So when you make a decision to change, you need to find coaches. We were talking about that this morning. People need, no matter where you are, I mean, the best athletes in the world have coaches. You probably have somebody coaching you. I do have someone coaching me. So every good coach needs a good, a great coach or every great coach needs a great coach and a mentor. So, you know, one of my mentors is a Western medical doctor. Who's also very into the spiritual and the mind body medicine. And he helps me with my health. It would help with my, with my client's health. And like you said, every single great athlete and someone who's become great has actually had someone who took them under their wing and either showed them how to be a great shooter or took them, you know, off of practice time to do the agility drills, all the extra things it takes to be great. So you talked about behavior changing. I, you know, I've become really aware of my behaviors. And what's interesting is 
and you you may have this thing as well that once in a while I'll have a bad behavior. Like for me, a bad behavior is like, wow, I want to eat two coconut ice cream chocolate bars every night. And then maybe I want to eat three, but I'm very aware. Like that's my behavior. And so I'll allow myself to do it for a little while. And then I jump back into my better and my great behavior. So we're not saying like never eat anything that's not perfectly healthy. We're just saying, hey, have some awareness about it because your awareness is actually your gift. And not everyone is aware when they're having these bad habits, right? So first gain the awareness of, oh, these are the habits I want. And I kind of want to go back to the core beliefs you talked about. So on my vision board, I have a few words of the qualities I want to experience, you know, beauty, peace, love, joy. And so that's something to also infuse whenever you're asking big questions and when you're creating a vision board, make sure you have those core qualities there so that you are letting your subconscious know and letting everything in the universe know that that is your intention because wherever you're setting your intention, the energy will expand in your life. You know, it's funny. I was, uh, driving to work the other day through, I always go through this little town called Capitola. It's a little village and it's oh. beautiful. And, um, some guy was honking his horn. It was six in the morning and I walked out on the wharf because I had to go to the fishing store for something. And I'm wearing a tie and walking down the wharf and everybody's kind of looking at me. I go, I'm interviewing up here. I think I'm a little overdressed. But um, some guy honked, got on his horn and he stayed on it for about 40 seconds. It Six in the morning, I'm going, holy moly, it's a beautiful day. Something's got to change in your universe, guy. And, you know, but those, all those things you said have emo those emotions, those words have emotion to them and they have feeling and they have texture to them. And if you can feel, taste, and touch those things, the more you do it, the more your body is able to find it. Just like riding a bike or playing a tennis, the more you do it, the better you get. So you have to train yourself. This isn't something you just wake up in the morning, put your clothes on, and go to work. I mean, a lot of people. People probably do, but I'll, you'll be a lot happier if you find direction, set some goals. Laura, you were talking about writing it down. Also, cut out a picture or, or put a picture of you want. Like I had the picture of my piano. That was so amazing. We've got about 10 minutes. So um, anything that you would like to talk about specifically, Laura, we're all ears. Well, one thing I want to say is that I used to live in Capitola, uh, right near the beach. I forgot the name of the street, but you know how... There used to be a magic shop. I think it's gone. And you would drive up the hill around the magic shop, and then to your left, it was a yellow house, which is funny because I live in a yellow house now. So I love Capitola. It's a, it was a magical place. My son went to you know Westlake, uh, Westlake Elementary, and we lived there while I was basketball coaching at UC Santa Cruz. So on that note, I want to remind everyone that we are not meant to be mediocre, right? So excellence is really meant to be our default so you know that guy leaning on the horn for 40 seconds that's not only mediocre that's just lowering his vibration for the whole day and so i want us to remember because i remind myself of this every day that oh i'm meant to be excellent i'm wired to be extraordinary and the vibration of my thoughts and my attitudes really matters you know so if i walk around in apathy or shame i'm going to spread that energy that growth energy out so I want to walk around and enjoy peace and love because we actually have so much power within us to affect everything around us because we're so connected. And Dr. David Hawkins talks about this in his book, Power Versus Force, how if you get to the level of unconditional love where you start to see others as your brother, your sister, you know, as one, then you actually shift into a state of excellence in all areas. So one of the goals when I work with athletes and executives is to get them to that level of love because that means everything in their lives gets better, their game, their health, and their relationships. 
Yes, that's so true. That's so cool you were at UCSC. I didn't know that before, but it kind of almost your name even sounds more familiar now. I mean, I've been here forever, so I'm sure I, that name was rattling around during that time. But, uh, you know, speaking of that, you're talking about, you know, just the caring about people and the love. Somebody the other day, I forget who it was, was talking about forgiveness. If you can forgive the people with the most heinous crimes and you can just have true forgiveness i mean when you hold on to that stuff and maybe this is affecting a lot of people's health right now they can't let go of something and they think that something 20 30 40 years ago is important and it probably is to them but really i guarantee you if you let that go and especially right now this is like the end of a pandemic quote unquote you know um after the uh, spanish uh, flew back in eight, nine, whenever it, 1920. We had one of the largest expansions, you know, in that at that time. And right now we have the same thing. You can do whatever you want. Write it down. Make a decision. Um, get a hold of Laura. You know, definitely get a hold of me. Um, you can you can make a huge difference. So um, Laura, tell us how they can get a hold of you again. Yes, you can get. Well, first of all, remember that self forgiveness is often the first step. So forgive yourself for whatever you're holding the grudge against yourself for. I don't know. I don't hold grudges against myself anymore, but I really used to. So self-forgiveness is like really the key to all of the other stuff, you know? So I think that probably the easiest way to reach me, is, you know, I should know all this like off the top of my head. Um, the Instagram, Laura Mitchell Wild on Instagram and Facebook. Those are pretty easy ways to get a hold of me. You can look at a website, you know, if you're old school, lauramwild.com. Remember, wild has the letter E at the end of it. So I welcome direct messages. I welcome comments and hellos, and I'll write you back. So if you have any questions about anything you've heard, I'm happy to share. I'm so it's so fun that you, we were able to get on today. It just we still got a few minutes, but um, you know I think that the main the main take home message here is number one, we're coming out of a, the dark ages, and you can make you have a decision to make any change you want in your life right now. It may seem incredibly hard. Just do one thing. Just make a list of one thing you'd like to do and do that one thing and then do it again. And then just kind of make a new habit. There's the old days are done. We'll never go back to where we were. So much has changed. There's been a lot of terrible things that happen, but there's also a lot of really good things that happen. And, you know, Laura, one thing I was laughing about, I told my staff this, I, I, we were having a staff meeting, and you were talking about how much you like, you use all your senses, and you, you know, flourish and prosper, and, you know, being able to you know, really sense what you want. You were talking about going into the bank, and I thought that that was such a funny thing that you said, if you could share that. So the the end of the story is I woke up the other morning with $100 bills on my pillow. The beginning of the story is when you smell money, it actually bypasses the prefrontal cortex of overthinking, and it helps your limbic brain simmer down. So I use all of my senses to help myself feel prosperous, healthy, happy, in a state of love. And that means things like smell money because somehow it makes a shift in our brain to let us know that we have all that we need. So I was telling everyone that, hey, you know, especially here in California, because I know my rent in California, I live in the Los Angeles area as well as in Georgia. My California rent is so much that I will take it out in cash and look at it and smell it to make sure I'm connected with like, do I want to pay this to someone else? But if you smell money, you can actually change the way your body reacts to money and the way your emotional body reacts to money. So after I smelled money for a while, I actually had a big, huge windfall show up within three months. 
It was quite magical. So I recommend Smelling Money. Everyone I've ever told to smell money does it, and they have great responses and stories. If you only have $1 bills and fives, that's cool. You can start there. That's where I started. And as soon as you can, try to start smelling one crisp $100 bill. Put signs around your house so that you're seeing the good things. You're seeing these positive vibrations, these great words. And make sure you record yourself saying, you are a peaceful person or you live in a world of peace. And play that back to yourself so that you're really using all of your senses to use your biology to create a new psychology. That's so cool. And one thing you said the other day, too, is every single cell in your body senses that because we're connected. So when you smell money, and of course, we're talking about prosperity, not the, see, it's a, Money is not the root of all evil, but love of money is the root of all evils. Money is an exchangeable commodity, and people that that have money, they're who are who don't have that love of money, they're generous. They give it away. They help other people. It's a way to flourish and prosper and bring other people along with you. So, but I really love that, and you know, I told my staff that, and I just, just happened to have a you know a few bucks in my pocket, and I at my staff meeting, and I said I was interviewing you, and I told them, and they all laughed, and one of my staff. Said that her grandfather, he was a very wealthy man from New Orleans, and uh, she said he always carried a thousand dollars in his pocket, and he never spent it, but he'd get out and he'd smell his, the money. So it was such a coincidence how that came around. So we got about a minute left, Laura. Thank you so much. Just take it out for us. Give these people guidance on where they need to go. <laughs> Hey, please connect with me at Laura Mitchell Wild on Facebook or Instagram. And I hope you have the most incredible rest of today. And let this post-pandemic, quote, unquote, time be a time for you to thrive, find your best health, your best prosperity, and your best life because we're rooting for you. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. to make a change. 